Good morning, friends, and welcome to Hamburg Lore, the show where we explore the weird characters and history that's used to sell you food and other garbage. I'm your host, Cam Koenig. I'm your host, Nathan Brandt. And today we're joined by our good, good pal, Asa Green River. Asa, how is it going today? It's going so well because I'm finally here. Oh. <laughs> we, we've been talking about this for a while, though. So, we have. Yes. yes. And like full transparency, I hit you up about booking and then completely forgot to follow up for like a month. <laughs> so that's OK. Yeah, that's OK. That's, it's, you know, as it's, long it's, as I'm here, that's all I could ask for. There are so many DMs with me and like people with Nest Pod and other shows where it's just like, I'll get at them. No joke. Like like Bridget, like I got at her a year after I was like, hey, you want to be on the show? And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> like this last month has felt like 10 years. Honestly. Yes. 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 I'm glad that nobody is just like. Hey, fuck you. You didn't hit me up. Everybody's like, nah, man, I get it. <laughs> no, I forgot also, actually. <laughs> well, uh, Asa, uh, one thing we do ask everybody here yeah. on our program, Hamburglor, is what is your favorite fast food item? Item. Oh, man. Um, does it have to still be in rotation? No, it's like anything you've ever liked in, at all. Go for it. <laughs> Waffle taco, Taco Bell. It got discontinued Ooh. and that was the worst decision they ever made. Is it a breakfast guy? Yeah. Oh. And I'm going to be real with you here, Asa. You're the only person I've ever talked to who liked that. So please tell me. Like, I, like, I'm genuinely curious, like, because, like, I never had one because oh, okay. I, like, <laughs> I, like, I'm not shitting on you at all. I promise. I like, like, way to roast our guest. <laughs> all right. no, like, straight up, like, I, I never had it because so many of my friends were like, no, nah, this is fucking terrible. So, like, I, 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 I never even... got to have it. So, like, what was, like, so magical about it? OK, OK. So the fact that the McGriddle can exist mm -hmm. and the waffle taco is dead mm -hmm. is ludicrous. It makes sure. zero sense to me. Sure. Because so they came out when they came out with breakfast, they had two tacos. It was the waffle taco and the the biscuit taco. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try and keep this as tight as possible. I'm a big Taco Bell. It's my favorite place. Hell yeah. I know probably yeah. way too much about Taco Bell. So fuck Disneyland. You're, you're among <laughs> yeah. friends. It's cool. Uh, I'm a, yeah. I'm one of those like Disney adults, except not as culty. Um, so you collect Monopoly, so like. I do. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so the the waffle taco, I I really draw so many parallels to the McGriddle because mm. it's the same mashup of sweet and savory, mm -hmm. um, and just like the McGriddle, I don't do the variants with egg and cheese. That weirds me out. I don't mm. know why, but I don't want syrup. It's too much. On, it's too much. It's way too much. I wouldn't have like a piece of candy on top of like a steak with with like cheese on it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's like yeah. the same vibe. That sounds fucking delicious. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> okay. But I am a garbage person. Cam would make a really, really good chopped judge. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, oh, you're putting what? Where, dude? <laughs> oh, shit. All the other judges are like, this guy doesn't know food. It's like, what is what is this dude doing? This dude is just stoned in the corner being like, yeah, I'll eat that. What's up? <laughs> this is our production assistant. <laughs> I mean that like oh makes sense gosh. though. Like I like I I I do think like maybe the best thing Taco Bell's ever done is the breakfast crunch wrap because that's just fucking oh chef's kiss so phenomenal. Good. It's so good. I have never had Taco Bell breakfast at all. You should at all. It's they have the best breakfast hash browns and the best uh, yeah. breakfast coffee out of Agreed. all the fast food yeah. places. Wow. All it, right. Imagine well. a crunch wrap supreme if the base instead of like tortilla chips was a hash brown. 
I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. It's so good. I do miss the Baja one though. I that was another thing that they like they cut out like really early. I'm thinking Baja Blast, and I must be wrong. Tell me I'm wrong <laughs> about Baja Blast. They it's they just called it's like people saying, Oh, this is a California style. They just like add the Baja avocado. sauce or whatever. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. I was like if they had a Baja Blast McGriddle, like I'm, I like weirdly, I'm <laughs> kind of so there. Good. Yeah, <laughs> I know I'd be there too. Yeah, like flavor blast my gross taco. Anyway, well, that's a uh, flavor blast. <laughs> well, speaking of the breakfast crunch wrap today, I am here to talk to you about one Chef Boyardee. Every time you choose the like the the least transitionary like phrase to make the transition. It's almost like that's the bit, Nathan. I know, I know, but it's just every time I get like this wave of like, what are they talking about? Oh, nothing. So and and this is a question that is like pretty open-ended, because this is something that kind of led me to choose Chef Boyardee for this particular episode. I I have I, I grew up like eating like spaghettios and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Something that a lot of like Families who weren't like the most well off, like you would see like a lot of Chef Boyardee stuff because it's super cheap and it's like pretty filling stuff like that. You just see that in homes across like everywhere. Chef Boyardee was gourmet in my house. What Hell yeah, about? brother. <laughs> fuck. What the fuck is beefaroni, dude? What isn't uh, beefaroni? Let's be real. I don't know, but it tastes really good. It cold. sure fucking does, dude. You can't just put a roni after something <laughs> and make it anything like that doesn't I'm work, telling you right though. now, if you heat up beefaroni, you're a cop. Like, I'm yeah. just saying, yep. like, yep. you got to eat that shit cold out of the can. One, oh my gosh, if I could hug you the, through a camera. Hell yeah, the, the face Nate is making right now makes me really think that they're just going to quit this show. Um, <laughs> you just you just want to eat some, like, cold, like, goulash? It's already cooked in the can. It, yeah, it's it's cooked in the can. It, I don't know how to explain it, because it's like, I'm not going to cook my spaghetti one night and leave it out on the table and then eat it for yeah. breakfast. But I could crack open that Chef Boyardee and just sit and, like, that's my cereal also, for Saturday if you don't, morning if cartoons. you don't heat it up... You just eat it out of the can. You don't have to do dishes. <laughs> Fuck, man. Imagine marshmallows, but fake meat. <laughs> you're right. You're the. You're right. You guys are the smart ones here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, um, so like I, I, I was we were like looking through a list of topics, and I'm like, what the fuck is up with that smiling Italian dude? Like, there's got to be something going on there. Uh, and uh, spoilers <laughs> to disappoint you. There's not really much going on there. Um, oh, no. To, uh, so I'll, uh, I'm just going to go through the the brief history of uh, the Chef Boyardee company because um, it's like pretty intrinsically tied to the brand. Um, so on October 22nd, 1897, Etoire Boyardee was born in Italy. Eleven years later, he was working as a as an apprentice chef in AK, which was basically at this point like the kitchen gopher. Like they straight up had him doing like fucking odd jobs instead of like actually cooking. Tell me, there's gopher in there, Raphael? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, nowadays, who fucking knows? Um, That's how the meat's so small. <laughs> so he was like working as like an apprentice chef in Italy, and then you know by the age of sixteen, he was on a boat to Ellis Island to immigrate to America. Uh, most of his life was spent here in the states, but he was born in Italy. Um, he started working at the kitchen in the plaza hotel in new york city pretty uppity prestigious and all that shit Uh, eventually he became the head chef over years and years Um, as the head chef he actually supervised the official like homecoming meal banquet celebration thing by uh united states president woodrow wilson uh at the white house for 200 uh, not 200 2000 excuse me uh world war one soldiers returning from world war one okay uh so like you know like kind of a typical like I, I, I hate the phrase american dream but like yeah 
it's it's that kind of vibe like dude came over somebody here and, who came and then, like you know got he successful. came over here and he like came into his yeah. own became successful like did awesome shit um and then following that success um he's like well i'm gonna open my own restaurant so he chose the scenic location of cleveland ohio oh um, wow really yeah i don't know why i i could How? not figure out why so many things started in ohio and i had no idea and here right. i'm thinking man my state sucks <laughs> Yeah, you We've thought it sucked, nothing. but actually there's a Chef Boyardee restaurant. <laughs> yeah, so I'll have the beefaroni cold. <laughs> there's got to be a statue. Uh, there is. There might be. There is. Shut up. Is Are you kidding me? I like literally am looking at a picture of a statue of Chef Boyardee. Oh shit, really? My I sister lives in Cleveland. I need to like text her tonight. I will, I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll figure out where it's at. So uh, patrons of his restaurant were like really fucking taken back by how good, like just how fucking phenomenal his spaghetti sauce was. Sorry, it's in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, that's I hilarious. I don't know why, but I'm going to go visit it. Just take a picture, please. Send it to me. I just want to feel. Holy shit. I want to feel something. And much like the Mothman statue, he has an ass that won't quit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue about about the beefaroni man. Uh <laughs> So the people like the people who went to the restaurant, they were just like fucking flabbergasted at how good his spaghetti sauce was. Um, I guess that was like straight up. They were like, holy fucking shit. This sauce is the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. And they just like Nothing constantly asked this dude, like, can you give me samples? Can you give us the recipe and all of that stuff? So like to what? accommodate this shit, he like cleaned out the empty milk bottles that they got delivered to the restaurant and then just like put the sauce in there and just gave it to them or sold it to them. Uh nate are you okay you look like you're dying here's our pre-milked jugs of ah just like here's here's the meat sauce in the old milk jugs it's like so <laughs> fucking i mean he cleaned them first that's good i hope he did would you buy it in a milk <laughs> carton that was reused i would yeah you motherfuckers eat this shit cold so you i don't what the fuck did i know right <laughs> like i mean i you have to you have to assume that like He's probably like making some for like the express purpose of it. It's not just like scraped off of people's plates into this milk bottle or something. <laughs> oh, Tiffany didn't finish your fucking ravioli. Here you go. Michael needs an order filled over here. Oh. Although I kind of want that to be true. Maybe it's just like people he didn't like. He's like, hey, this is $5. It's under the table. Here's your, here's your fucking sauce. <laughs> $5 milk sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so in 1927, he met uh, Maurice and Eva Wiener, which is their real last name. Um, pause for laughter here. <laughs> Great. Cool. Um, they helped Boyardi and his brothers uh, form a process to like scale up the canning and production and like handle distribution because there was so much fucking demand for this sauce that like he met these people who were patrons of his restaurant and they straight up were like, hey, we are in the grocery business. Let's get this shit on store shelves. Like, let's let's what? figure this stuff out because of like the demand going up for all of this stuff. They straight up like since he couldn't really handle it as part of a small business, they fucking opened up a factory in 1928 to handle the production of this apparently fucking phenomenal spaghetti sauce. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like it's so completely wild to me. That he's like, all right, I got this restaurant. And and the mm -hmm. people are just like, give me the sauce. And he's yeah. just like, I, don't, I yeah. don't sell the sauce. And then somebody shows up and is like, we can sell your sauce. And then there's so much demand for the fucking sauce that they have to make a <laughs> fucking factory. Yeah. It's Chef Boyardee. Like, it's not that good. No. It's not that good. It's like it's good burger and everybody wants Ed's special <laughs> sauce. I'll, I'll, I'll get into why I think it sucks now. 
um a little bit later <laughs> is it the thing that there's bugs in it i saw a news thing that said like like ohio mom finds bugs in chef boyardee can sorry continue this is your report <laughs> dang it ohio hey i mean that's protein just put that in the fucking that's that's the beef of the rona here um <laughs> i've always said that <laughs> like at some point i i don't really i wasn't able to really figure out when um but like the restaurant that he owned did in fact end up like closing down because he like shifted into like the full mm. company thing um they went with the name Chef Boyardee um, straight up because like non-Italians in America were having a lot of fucking trouble pronouncing this dude's last name. OK, I figured. Um, including like their own salespeople, which caused problems. What? Yeah. Um, Fire oh, those people. Right, right. Um, around this time, uh, he also started like going publicly by the anglicized name Hector Boyardee. Kind of just a rough, like, Americanization of his full name. He stated uh, about the change, quote, Everyone is proud of his own family name, but sacrifices are necessary for progress. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that kind of sucks, huh? Like at, that, like, at that point, it just felt like he was kind of, and maybe that was something that, like, he didn't care a whole lot about. Like, he, he did go into this business, like, with his brothers and everything. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know if this was something they cared much more about, but it feels very, at least from my perspective, like he was trying to compromise before he even came to, like, the negotiation table on that point. <laughs> yeah, he subjugated um, which himself. Which is not how you do that. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting to see, like, the old cans where it's, like, boy, period, R, period, D. Like, it's, mm -hmm. like, yeah. I, like, mm -hmm. like, people had that yeah. big of a fucking problem about it, I guess. <laughs> they just yeah. put phonetics on, yep, the, the upside on down the upside down E or whatever, yep. yeah. <laughs> totally yeah <laughs> I, I just thought that was really weird like i i think it's like lightly funny that they just did that and it's like kind of the same name but i, I don't know it, it's something about that just kind of rubs yeah, me sure. the wrong way um it is worth noting that uh boyardi was not the greatest businessman like he was basically he was a good enough businessman to you know like successfully run a restaurant and like handle kind of like a smaller scale thing but whenever it came to you know ramping up production and like scaling that business to be much larger he had some issues and struggled a lot with you know keeping the rapid growth of the company going up into world war ii in world war ii chef boyardee the company was actually like super instrumental in the war effort okay wait what how uh their main factory uh i think this was in like 1938 where they moved to i think it's ohio i could be wrong Dang it, I, I'm tired of this. <laughs> your compatriot, your statesman. <laughs> the factory began operating 24 hours a day during World War II, um, during like the whole like complete like total warification of the United States. You know, everybody was like expected to pitch into the war effort, all of that stuff. Beefaroni for the troops. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Send the Kaiser packing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they got to about like 5,000 employees and uh, they were producing about 250,000 cans of food Jeez. per day that was just oh going over gosh. to the troops no because, way. you know, it turns out um, if you have like pre-cooked food in a can that is like relatively filling and like has a lot of carbs and stuff that's really really good for rations for like troops in the war on like the front line it's it is it legitimately is like canned pasta and ravioli like you got meat in there you got, you got vitamin meat it's fine wow that makes so much you sense. can fucking like grind some vegetables up into the sauce like you can do a whole lot of okay. shit with that um for these efforts, uh, Boyardi actually received the Gold Star Order of Excellence from the United States War Department. He's a decorated soldier? He's a decorated chef! They were, like, 
apparently super instrumental in like keeping the U.S. troops fed, which I think is just a really fun, cool thing. Unfortunately, you know, because capitalism fucking blows, Bayardi, after the war ended, had all of these employees and had all of this material and stuff sitting around and there wasn't as much demand for it anymore. Um, so he was basically forced between uh, to choose between keeping his company or laying off most of the people that worked at his company. He opted to sell the company to American Home Foods. He remained on as a consultant for Chef Boyardee and even like appeared personally in like print, television and radio advertisements. Like he was kind of like the voice of the brand. It was literally just him, Chef Boyardee. <laughs> on in the advertisements, which I thought was really interesting. It is worth noting that uh, the the official chefboyardee.com recollection of this point in the chef's history definitely cleans it up and makes him feel like a hero to make the brand look better when in reality it's a pretty fucking murky. <laughs> so I thought that was very fun. I just imagine him like just completely drunk in a bar. Yeah. Really washed up. Cops come. They're like, all right, Boyardee, you got to take... And he's just belligerent and throwing things. You can eat my cold beefaroni, coppers. (laughs) I built this country. They took my fucking sauce. (laughs) Just slams it back and just walks out of the bar. Uh, Yeah, he he eventually he eventually retired and went on to just kind of live like a relatively quiet life uh, until he passed away at the age of 87 in 1985 at his home in the ironically named city of Parma, Ohio. Oh my God. Dang it. Um, wow. Yeah. Again. So yeah, uh, like it, it's, it's, it's not like as wild or crazy as a lot of the stuff that we get into on the show. But like, for me, it was always, it, I was kind of just interested in figuring out, you know, what the fuck is going on yeah. with that. And like, I, I think the reason that Chef Boyardee does kind of fucking suck now and like has for a while is because at least the Chef Boyardee that I grew up with, it is super heavily like corporatized and like made with mm-hmm. like the lowest possible ingredients to make the most money possible. Yeah, it's just like it's just like sodium and and like pasta substitute. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like one of the first things that Chef Boyardee as a company actually started selling in addition to just like bottles of sauce was like a fucking pasta kit. Yes. Um, which I thought was super interesting where they had like mm. uh like grated parmesan, uh some spaghetti noodles and some like some of their sauce and like all wrapped together and you just could buy that from them. See, that was probably really good. They like grew their own mushrooms and everything. They were like the United States biggest importer of parmesan cheese for a while. Holy shit. The thing that I always had from Chef Boyardee, I didn't have a lot of the canned stuff. We got their pizza kits all the time. Mm. Mm. Okay. Those motherfuckers I just remember the pepperonis and those tasted so fucking good, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and the sauce, the sauce, like I made fun of the sauce earlier, but shit, that sauce was really good now that I'm thinking sure. about it. Yeah. 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 So shit. Yeah. And I like, honestly, I can't imagine how fucking good it was whenever, like, when people were going fucking ape shit. Like, right. Yeah. Well, and they were going to an actual restaurant versus like the, millions of mass and it was cans. like straight up like a sit down like nice ass like italian restaurant that you would go to and like have dinner with like your family yeah that's like going to uncle ben's rice restaurant or something like that like betty, right like, yeah <laughs> betty crocker's cake like plays it's so weird <laughs> it's so interesting to me the the mascots that are people and like even more than that the ones that mm. were actually real people not like betty crocker where it was just like 
we made up this lady. <laughs> I, I love the idea. Like, because you don't get that now. It's, I mean, I, the closest thing is like, oh, I want the Travis Scott meal at McDonald's or whatever, right? Like, there isn't like, I don't know, there isn't just like, oh, this is Mikey's pizza or whatever the fuck. Right. Yeah. Like, it, it it's super interesting because we did the episode on Papa John recently and like, this dude seemed all right. Not as good for a comedy podcast where it's just like, this man, this was just a cool right, man, totally. kind of. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, I don't know if he was that great of a guy. Sure. <laughs> he was, he did do stuff in Ohio. <laughs> he did do stuff in Ohio. <laughs> right. And as I'm looking up pictures and I'm looking up Chef Wardy and getting hit with nostalgia as you're reading this mm -hmm. incredible tale, mm -hmm. I can't help but look at his picture and think this dude was a freaking mob boss <laughs> and if you if you look See, at now these, you're in the hamburger spirit now you're in the, <laughs> the picture to the left is the actual chef boyardi i'm mm -hmm. gonna say it like that that's and correct then, <laughs> and then the one that says hector because i'm not gonna i think it's ettore but i'm not gonna, yeah yeah it's, i'm sorry yeah. if i'm wrong okay. ancestors hector is a completely different dude mm -hmm. like that that clearly is like okay boyardi is making so much money that he needs to be behind the scenes sure so they get a body double who mm -hmm. is like the the drunken younger brother who just doesn't yeah. look anything like boyardi and they're like hey this is me now hey alfredo get out there <laughs> <laughs> I think that he got that big that they're like, hey, just put like he's like Michael Jackson. Like, you know, don't look at my face. Put a blanket sure. over my head. Yeah. This motherfucking chef wore white shoes, dude. Yeah. If you yeah. are cooking pasta sauce and you're wearing white shoes, you got fucking beefaroni <laughs> of steel, dude. If your entire brand is red pasta sauce. Yeah. Oh, blood like yeah. blood red sauce. The most neon right. red shit you've right. ever seen. I just imagine he's like in the kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. And he's 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 filling the bottles. He's showing his new staff members how to do it. And then he accidentally spills some sauce on his white shoes. And if you dare to look at him mm. as, <laughs> as this, you looking at my shoes, <laughs> you're, you're dead. You look, dead. You look at my shoes. You're going in the next bottle of sauce. Look, look it up. Look <laughs> okay. it up. Okay. Yeah. Now you're right. Now you're writing my reports. That's how it's. That is how it is. That's why it's like deep, deep red. Now, yeah. Now, now you're thinking with bullshit. Tomatoes with a little special ingredient. That's why the spaghetti sauce was a little bit different than the yeah. spaghetti. Yeah. Mm. You know I mean? Different color, different taste. Spaghettios mm. are a universal toner, is why. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with Nate's presentation. Uh, yeah, that's right. All right, everybody, we are back. Uh, Nate, just ruin my day. <laughs> I will. I will absolutely do that. So, okay. This, I think, is actually my longest report. Oh, you say that every <laughs> week. Happy season finale, because I get in a like rhythm, and then I'm just like, "Well, but what is the plot? What is what is the story? <laughs> What's the sauce?" So let me ask you a couple questions. What, when you really get down to it, do you know where bananas come from? Do you know what bananas are supposed to look like? What they used to look like before they were replaced? If you're driving, close your eyes and let me tell you a story about the hand of the <laughs> arcane knowledge reaching into our very souls and peeling our minds. Get ready for genetics, terrorism, hats, and the end of all things, because I'm about to tell you all known lore 
on the Chiquita Banana Lady. And this shit, it's bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Fuck you. <laughs> also, I am, I'm, that was the greatest introduction I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> like, holy shit. You have me, like, glued to my fucking seat right <laughs> <Me> now. <laughs> my third eye is open. It's peeled, yeah. <laughs> In 1944, the Chiquita Banana Company unveiled their new mascot, a banana lady with a vaguely Latin American dress and a hat with fruit on it. You heard me right. She was a banana at her inception and was not a human woman. Mm. If it would please the pod today in this report, I would like to posit that she is still not a human woman, but a shape-shifting emissary from beyond the veil of space and time. Miss Chiquita, colloquially known as the Chiquita Banana Lady, was first shown in a commercial in 1944, wherein she set the standards for rap, as far as I can tell, by being the first person to start a song saying, I'm Chiquita Banana and I'm here to say. <laughs> which is, which is, which is <laughs> very good. <laughs> that is the best and worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I think she is the first person to start a song with, I'm something something and I'm here to say. Oh like bananas God. in a major way. In this original appearance as a banana, she was shown speaking to quote unquote real bananas telling them which one was ripe and which ones were better for baking uh suggesting that they must be some lesser beings to her species this ad campaign is completely wild to look back on because it aired in an era where people didn't know what bananas were yeah it's weird to think about a time but like they're not they're not from fucking idaho right so like you know i never thought about that yeah, yeah ex me neither, exactly actually. exactly i was like Oh, yeah, because in this in this first commercial, she's like, they're from the equator. Don't put them in the refrigerator. Like, it's it's super fucking weird. Huh. So it's like a weird it was like a weird educational rap. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Good. School of Rock. Good. Yeah. Love to be edutained by an alien banana lady. This commercial had to teach people like what bananas were, when they were ripe, how to store them, how to eat them, and where they come from. Even when we got shit like acai berries and whatever, it's just like, it's in this bowl, just fucking eat it. It's yeah. not just like, well, the acai <laughs> need to be upside down and you need to squash them with the palm of your hand and then you eat them or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there isn't like instructions on a food. Yeah. I, I remember like stuff going around whenever like everybody a few years ago was getting really fucking into pomegranates. Yes. And like mm -hmm. everybody was like, mm -hmm. hey, these are fucking weird. You just like eat the holes. And you we're like, okay, holes. okay. <laughs> yeah. Buy me a dinner first. We do. Um <laughs> Pomegranates are so fucking good. <laughs> Other than that, the banana was perhaps the most like recent example of like mm -hmm. learning how to the fruit. Right. That one's probably a bigger example because like I feel like info spreads a lot faster these days. Yeah. To where people are like, look <laughs> at this fucking thing. And no way is the pomegranate more popular than the banana. Right. Like everybody yeah. knows what a banana is now. But right. everyone's over pomegranates now. It was a fad. Yeah. Where I'm fucking over it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, that palm juice is like $9 for three fluid ounces no. of it or whatever the fuck. Oh. So, no. -uh. That's why you just buy a pomegranate and eat the holes. <laughs> <laughs> if you look up, like, what the banana originally looked like before we, like, did stuff to it, you'll find that they are much smaller, like a quarter or an eighth of the size. And they have a different pattern of seeds, being that they're, it's almost like buckshot filled with seeds. Yeah, Cam is mm. reacting viscerally. Oh, I fucking hate this. Oh my god. <laughs> Historians refer to the gradual change in foods that are bred to suit humans better as domestication. However, I suggest that the humans are in fact the ones being domesticated by 
the bananas. The name banana originates from the Arabic word banan, which rather logically means finger. Its scientific name is Musa sapientum, which means fruit of the wise men. Early written references to the bananas were discovered in Sanskrit dating back to the year 500 BC. Put a pin in that for later because this is all evidence. Oh no. Oh my god. Despite what bananas were, Miss Jaquita being one herself, this status actually would not persist with her. Jaquita Banana Company on their website states that in 1987, artist Oscar Grillo, creator of the Pink Panther, and I quote, transformed her into a woman. Okay. <laughs> this change reflected the affectionate uh, image the public had of Miss Chiquita as a real person. Mm. That suggests that the consumption of her underlings softened the public, not unlike bananas themselves, to the notion that Miss Chiquita was real uh, and one of us and always has been. So if you in your head was like, wait, Chiquita Banana Lady was a banana? You were made to forget that by her is what I'm saying. <laughs> She's a shapeshifter. This is some men in black shit. <laughs> exactly. But with a banana instead of the. <laughs> <laughs> they just squeeze it. Yeah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, however, she did retain fruit at the top of her head as part of her design. Um as a thinly veiled way of being, oh, it's on her head, but not the truth that that is still her body, the fruit on her head, <laughs> I believe. You know, like banana flavored stuff, how it doesn't taste like bananas. That's from yes. a different extinct yes. yeah. now breed of banana. Yes. I'm tapping my temple right now. <laughs> they, mm. the, the original bananas mm. have been all replaced by these, uh, the fingers of the wise men. Mm. More importantly, the brand launched a campaign uh, called Just Smile. And quote, they say that their bananas infect happiness, positivity, and a desire to share. This insinuation that what we were being sold was mere mushy fruit were actually affecting the human psychosphere. This elaborated on their next campaign, the We Are Bananas campaign. What? <laughs> this bold statement was a test to see just how much people had been placated by the playfully pernicious potassium plenty plantains. Would humanity notice that they had been slowly changing our genetic makeup to be somewhat banana. Mm. After all, recent studies have revealed that over 60% of our DNA is shared with bananas, and that's real. No. Oh, God. This call oh, of three people is banana. We're a bushel. Oh, no. <laughs> we are a bushel. Nate, I eat a banana every morning. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. that's exactly yeah. what she wants. Oh, oh no. But also real talk, going back to their previous ad campaign, I eat a banana every morning and I'm still depressed as fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> clearly that ain't working out for him. Uh, <laughs> so Huff Boy RD's nuts, yeah. Chiquita. <laughs> Suck on oh. this beefaroni. If our bodies are mostly banana and they are, what does that mean for our mind? The answer lies in their most recent and most bone chilling ad campaign. However, First, I would like to take you through a couple real world events that both support my upcoming hypothesis and also can't really be overlooked based on the problematicism alone here. Forewarning, the Chiquita Banana Company fucking blows, mm. like globally blows their bad people. Oh. So the Chiquita Banana Company funded a lot of terrorist organizations to destabilize the Colombian government uh. and make things easier for them to grow and sell bananas. God. Bananas, dude. That's bananas. That's I like looked that up and I was like this I can't joke about this because right. it's horrible and I also can't not mention it because it's horrible yeah fuck I'm literally man. getting chills yeah <laughs> all over my entire body like I, I can't even like 
I can't think of anything fun or clever to say because I'm just like, please tell me the, what is happening. Because they bought <laughs> guns for terrorists. Like, wow, how is this a thing? <laughs> and know. nobody knows about it. To grow and sell bonanos. This sounds like a fucking offshoot of Narcos. But like, yeah, nanos. <laughs> yeah, nanos. <laughs> Are you going to tell me that the popular children singer Raffi? Yeah. Oh my God. This? Pick up the banana phone. <laughs> Apples and what? Apples and bananas. The ease at which these items were to be exported, being of such import that this company literally bought machine guns and ruined a country's governmental <laughs> equilibrium is absolutely, what? absolutely, it's bananas. That's it's like supremely bananas, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so now I don't want to make light of these horrible and traumatic events, but I couldn't write a report about this company in good faith and not include the fact that they've done shit like this. And all that said, what is so important about the production and widespread availability of these fingers of wise men? The answer, as stated before, lies in a more recent ad campaign. On August 7th, 2017, the Chiquita Banana YouTube channel uploaded a video stating the following, and I quote, On August the 21st, Chiquita will physically move the moon in front of the sun to create an enormous yellow banana. A chorus sings, The Chiquita Banana Sun. In the ad, the moon goes in front of the sun, and as it sprouts arms and legs, the announcer says, Oh, wow, a real banana. So we're really going there. He continues, don't let its hypnotic movements distract you from my main point. Chiquita is putting a gigantic banana in the sky. This ad campaign was called the banana sun cometh. These words from the announcer take on a different, more urgent meaning when reading it as a warning. It would seem that this entire time since 1944, the Chiquita banana lady was raising a brood of bananas to take the place of the existing fruit and be ingested by all of humankind. And after the humankind had been domesticated enough, her true banana form disguised or somehow forgotten by time, she would destabilize the global market and economy of certain banana-rich countries in order to produce more of her brethren to accelerate the bananafication at an exponential rate. Until it was time for the banana sun. Fucking crazy. <laughs> this this commercial about the banana sun, it's an eclipse. There was a so there was an eclipse where the moon got in front of the sun. Yeah. And so what Chiquita was doing was okay. saying, like, that that was us. <laughs> um, which even mm. even removed from this what? like narrative I'm stringing together here, <laughs> it is completely <laughs> wild that they would be like, We're doing the eclipse. <laughs> it's like ugh, it makes me feel weird. I, I, I want to stress to people listening to this because it's like I, I, we do a video mm -hmm. call when we record these. But like we we didn't interrupt that, not because we wanted to be polite, but because like both Asa and I were literally so fucking flabbergasted at what was happening. Yeah. That's some, I'm like, so slack job. <laughs> this is the magic trick. Every time Cam does a normal thing about a man and then I'm like, what about space? <laughs> <laughs> That's some like cosmic horror bloodborne yeah. shit. Have you all seen um, uh, 23, the Jim Carrey? <laughs> That's me. That's he, this guy. Because this guy becomes obsessed with the number 23. Basically. He sees it everywhere. <laughs> After I watched it, I was like, OK, this is dumb. And then I started seeing the number 23 everywhere. <laughs> I this is I don't know how, but this is the same thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Somehow this is the same. Nathan, exact thing you have that, like, ruined the, the best meal of the day for me. We joked about the banana song. B-A-N-N-N. <laughs> yeah. I can't even spell it anymore. <laughs> that's a song 
Raffi sing he sang it in concerts to children and families to children to children yes inhumane <laughs> opals and bononos and Woof. then what is the largest game right now pretty much ever for like the past three years it's been four oh shit with the banana and shit in there mr peely with the banana and literally literally they had uh one of the seasons i want to think i want to say it was like season like eight uh, seven or eight um there was this volcano and one of the loading screens were all of these banana disciples carrying like king banana up the mountain and there's like a banana statue and i'm like there's no way there's no way this is not chiquita chiquita has done all of this i need to go lie down <laughs> yeah this is weirdly Fortnite wouldn't be the first time chiquita and guns were involved with each other <laughs> yeah holy shit what holy well fuck how does this show keep getting worse? Well, this, 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 this is the end of the second <laughs> season, so there will be there will be a brief respite yeah, for right. people after this. I, Much like how I ended the first season with uh with Mr. Peanut, Miss Ms. Bonana is oh the uh yeah, banana with nut. It's happening. If we look back on the late 40s advertisements, uh, we see the original form of Miss Chiquita wow. riding a giant banana in the sky saying, Chiquita bananas are out of this world. We were warned. We had all the clues, but our banana split personality kept us from knowing the truth. That bananas are and always were the wise man's fingers reaching into our consciousness. And after he would grasp us, he would make his presence known. The wisest of the elder gods, the banana sun is coming to devour our solar system and add it to his collection, consuming all knowledge and neural processing power to become more wise. This eclipse was to take place in August of 2017. Now, a galactic devourer and their galactic emissary uh, and herald, Miss Chiquita, accomplished their goals. Uh, potentially, we don't know. It's unknown whether they did this or not. Um, but they did it. Aces <laughs> taking I'm, their glasses like, off. No, nah, nah, fuck, <laughs> Listen, man. I'm sorry I keep interrupting with these things, but you're literally <laughs> like giving me mind explosions and I can't, my body can't, I can't function. I have to say this. Have we all read Animorphs? We know. Yeah. The, oh the no! Oh no! Do you remember the crux as as the books got later on and the show mm -hmm. got later on? It's actually like aliens that mm -hmm. like bestow these powers, mm -hmm. and one of the team, the Animorph team, was an alien. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Listen, th this may be. This isn't your theory. <laughs> this you isn't didn't, my You didn't theory. create this. Whoa. <laughs> this was placed in your subdermals. Oh no! I don't even know that's a real thing. I've just been watching all these <laughs> under my skin, not my brain. Yeah, under your skin. skin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you are just the figurehead. Yeah. That they're using you as the talking head. You're like the mouth of Sauron. And they're like, speak our will into existence. Yeah, I am the hell mouth. Yeah. Nate, Nate, yes. you legally have to tell me, are you a Yerk? Hell yeah, baby. Oh, no. Oh, God. We got it. We got it. Yerk in the sheets. Oh, God. Shut the fuck up. So it's unknown whether they succeeded or not. Their efforts could have been thwarted by some other force, maybe Mr. Peanut, or what we perceive as real life now has shifted due to being caught in the event horizon of the Great Yellow One's grasp. After hundreds of years of conditioning, it's hard to believe that we could escape this fate unassisted. This now concludes all known lore on Ms. Chiquita Banana. Okay. Hey, Asa. Uh, yeah. Do you remember how you were really excited about coming on this show? <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen, I guess I should have told you that my wife and I like to watch conspiracy theory videos. <laughs> That's all this show is. So and it's it's not beyond me to like listen to something, and then I I literally just said I watched twenty three and for like right, days after yeah. twenty three is everywhere. <laughs> but like I'm now stringing together that he who shall not be named created Space Force, and then we're getting these monoliths oh, no. that are just giant metal bananas. Wait, whoa, oh, right and. As you're 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 talking to me, you're you're telling me that the Chiquita banana lady is an animorph, essentially, and I'm looking at the progression of how she turned from a banana person who has legs, no shirt, by the way. Go you. <laughs> like I don't know what happened to where we thought that, that wasn't okay anymore. And then the next image is still banana form, but human legs. Mm-hmm. That those are Caucasian legs. Yeah. Those are Caucasian legs. And they, and then the next one is like you said, like it's a real person. But coincidentally, in this image here, the the sticker, like the blue sticker, mm-hmm. is a part of her dress. So she is still not a real human being. We're all going to die or we're already dead. <laughs> <laughs> or Matrix like we're all in bananas. Isn't there that thing about how like bananas contain trace amount of radiation? Don't tell me that. I feed my child a banana every morning. Bananas are slightly radioactive because they have a presence of a, ni- a natural isotope of potassium. Like you don't need to like it's enough to where if like you eat a bunch of bananas in a shorter period of time, like it's not really going to do much to you. But if you have like an absolutely fucking absurd amount, then you can then it can cause problems. But like uh, the amount that like because I have one every day for breakfast, like the amount yeah, that people yeah. eat regularly is fine. It's not enough to like actually cause but, harm. But like, yeah, like that that could lean into the fact that they are weird eldritch cosmic horror bullshit (laughs) what i am basically saying is that each banana is part of the whole and she is silver surfer like becoming a herald Mm. to earth and time wise it works different for them obviously right like over the course of these Mm -hmm. you know 80 years or so now that bananas have been commonplace and advertised more bananas grown sold eaten in us over time the radiation if my neighbors are listening to me just saying this out of context <laughs> crazy. um it's gonna knock at your door from the fbi and like, they're like you know too much they hold up a banana and you're like oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) but no like we eat these over the course of time and like you know after generations and generations and generations of people eating these explicitly radioactive fingers of the elder gods Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the antennas have become stronger and so now the the emissary which once was one is now many and now uh we are we are uh we have illuminated the beacon to the elder god to galactus like come and consume us forevermore the world eater why do you think that things have been really bad since 2017 there is like no joke and this terrifies me there is a theory that when the the large hedron collider made its first like thing the world did end there and we've been in the event horizon of a actual black hole since then 
and because of how like spaghettification and like the uh like which is a real term by the way not a chef boyardee product <laughs> right right yeah i was like chef boyardee is like really getting in yeah. on it too oh. <laughs> he's the he's the mob boss elbow noodles shaped like bananas when you get to the event horizon of shut up let's <laughs> theorize that like quantum entanglement ask like part of you goes in there but another part of you exists on the very edge of where it would affect you forever and time just gets stretched out and that's what i'm like trying to say is that like mm. that's what the bananas have done to us <laughs> a yellow <laughs> hole if you will okay uh we have to stop this show um, we have to be done um Asa, thank you so much for being here for yeah. that. Um, I'm not going to sleep for days, but you're welcome. Dude, you ain't wrong. Uh, where can people find you and the stuff you do on the internet? You can find me on the floor in my closet. <laughs> yeah. In the fetal position. Like, comment, and soothe. <laughs> There's, yeah, I... There's too many tangents going on in my brain right now. Oh, man. Wow. It's one more. I have to say it because it's just I, mm -hmm. it won't get out of my brain. So there was this period of time. Um, it was when I was watching Naruto, like wrapping it up. Mm -hmm. And I was like the the nature ability that I would want is I'd want to be able to do wood style. But I know that that would just have to be a part of my blood. So I thought, oh, man, how cool to be if like you could like create wood out of your hands. Well, I did this stupid thing that you do when you're in your early 20s. And I Googled that crap. Sure. And like. There, I don't know if it's real or not. I just have these nightmarish images that put me into a, a psychosomatic, like, conundrum. time vortex. I I, a time warp. I couldn't get out of it. Psychosomatic tumble dry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where I felt like, oh my gosh, something's growing out of my hand. Like, don't look it up because if, if you're prone to these types of like oh, episodes, but yeah. you will, you will literally lose your mind. Because it's just like these images of stuff growing out of your hands. <laughs> and <laughs> no, I feel you, dude. And so you talk about that there are original bananas out there. So I am stupid and I look them up. And as I'm looking at them, it's the same stuff. I'm like, I can now feel those seeds <laughs> growing out of my skin. I can feel it. I can. I can rub my arm and I feel little bumps and I know it's the seeds of the bananas growing out of me because I've been eating them since a child. Those original banana seeds. I'm going to get an email from your partner in like two weeks and be like, where is Asa? What did you do to him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing it. I'm losing it. So where can you find me? I don't know. Bomb shelter. <laughs> trying to find Chiquita Banana somewhere and to rip the soul out of her. I yeah. don't know. If I make it out of this alive. You can you can you can find me on Twitter at a Green River zero seven. The stuff that I create is uh, on Borderline Entertainment. That's on all social platforms. Um, YouTube.com slash Borderline Entertainment. Twitch.tv slash Borderline Entertainment. Well, if you've made it this far, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, I guess. If you want to support our silly shows, uh, subscribing on whatever platform you're on and leaving us a rating would really help us out as well. Um, if you liked whatever the hell this ended up being, uh, check out the rest of the stuff we do at, at Some Good Shows on Twitter or somegoodshows.biz. The biz stands for business. It does. And you just might like those too. You can find me on Twitter at The Camdy Man. You can find me on Twitter at, at Victory Position. Thanks again for listening, everyone. And remember, everybody asks, where's the beef? But not, how's the beef?